Let's pray about praying and about learning about prayer uh, today. Father in heaven, we thank you for your grace. We thank you that you hear us. We thank you that uh, you've spoken to us in Jesus and that we see you through him and that he taught his disciples to pray. Uh, Teach us, his disciples, his followers, his learners, his apprentices to pray and also think like he did about you, the father of every good gift. And uh, he thought about himself in that light and he thought about his needs and his neighbors in light of uh, who you are. So help us to do that as we learn to pray and as we think about praying. Uh, Give us your grace in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, this is part one of two. Part one is going to be kind of looking at the uh, uh, kind of a framework for prayer. And next week's going to be just the practical uh, stuff of prayer. Uh, so we're going to, as uh, uh, Jesus' disciples said, uh, John taught his disciples to pray. When are you going to teach us how to pray? And uh, he said, well, here we go. And uh, so we're going to mainly use the Lord's Prayer today as our model. Uh, so... Can we get a quick um, interruption notice that we have breakfast and you guys can eat, so I'm going to pass it around you guys. Can this is your daily bread, so prayers have already been answered. So, <laughs> <coughs> so classes always start like this. What is prayer? And throw, throw some stuff out. What does it mean to pray? Just the most generic question in the world. <coughs> what does it mean to pray? Okay, communicate with God. Okay. Communicate with God about what? About life, right? And what's kind of the first stuff that you think to pray for just off here? Off the cuff. Well, if we're being honest, I think it's usually about our own needs. Yeah. Stuff we need, stuff we're worried about. So we say communicate with God about stuff. And it's usually our stuff, right? You know, it's not totally selfish. It's like we need help, we need grace, we need forgiveness, we need food. Uh, What does the Bible say about those things? Bad topics for prayer? No, they're good topics. We're actually going to talk about that in the Lord's Prayer. Daily bread is part of uh, uh, our prayer. <coughs> Michael gave me a marker, but I left it at home. So here's some new ones over here. Or do you have a new one? Cool. So we just talked about prayer, but we're actually going to be talking about Christian prayer. Do you know non-Christians that pray? Non-church people that pray? What what are they doing when they're praying? Who are they talking to? Tucker? God. God as they're thinking about him. And uh, some people literally like, I thank the universe for, I had a good day today. Um, There's an instinct in us that we want to thank a person. But if we don't know God, we're just kind of praying to the air to the universe. We're not sure there's someone listening. And so we're actually looking not just how do we pray? How do we pray better prayers? How do we pray more? We actually want to pray Christian prayers. And uh, and this is what Christian prayer is. If you're filling in the, in the blanks, 
Uh, Christian prayer is praying to the Father through the mediation of the Son, who's Jesus. And we're going to look at that fancy word mediation in a second. By the power and the translation of the Holy Spirit. So that's really what makes Christian prayer prayer, is there's a Father, the Son has revealed Him, the Son brings us to Him, and God's Spirit, as as Michael talked about uh, two weeks ago, is the one that comforts us and counsels us, is Jesus' presence with us. And He's a person, not a force, not a liquid, not a fluid, not juice, energy fields. He's he's, uh, the third person of the Trinity. He is God. Uh, Someone has their Bible. Uh, I didn't print it out for you. We're going to do Bible drill. We did that in Sunday school when we were little. Sword check. Everybody would hold up their Bible. And then they would uh, start looking up verses. So, uh, Somebody look up 1 Timothy 2.5. And then someone else look up Romans 8.26. So this gives us a chance to kind of ruffle our pages in our Bibles or our iPhones. Um, You can swipe to that verse if you want. Uh, Who's got 1 Timothy 2.5? Eric, do you have that one? Not Romans. Okay. Okay, go for it. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Okay, there's one God, there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So, So I'm very visual. I have to draw diagrams and stuff. <clears throat> so how many mediators are there? One. How many gods are there? One. Okay, so here we're automatically in what we're talking about in the sermons is this deal about the Trinity. It never spells out the Trinity is blah, blah, blah. It just shows it in how... The three persons uh, who are God, who are this one God, relate to each other. And right off the bat, when we're praying, we're, we're doing this together. So for uh, pictographic purposes, this is the throne of the universe, by the way. And uh, <clears throat> this is the Father. And the one mediator is Jesus. Okay, uh, Eric, read uh, Romans 8.26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So even between us and Jesus, as we talk to the Father about what we need and what we're concerned about, we have someone who is not uh, really interrupting, but in fact interceding for us, since we're connected to Jesus through the Holy Spirit. He is active in our praying. Uh, to translate, to intercede. In fact, it says he intercedes with groanings deeper than words. Which, that's so deep, we don't even know how to explain that. So, uh, it just means he he does something deeper than our words. He does something deeper than our wishes and even our thoughts. He's doing something in line with God's will when we pray that he is in there helping us. It would be sub, uh, the uh, frequency would be so low, uh, the 
waveforms wouldn't even reach our ears, right? <clears throat> so dogs can hear stuff way up here. Uh, the spirits dealing with stuff way deep stuff of God uh, down there. All right. So that's what Christian prayer is. And uh, so Jesus, we want to learn from Jesus about uh, about prayer. And so this is in Matthew 6, is where one place we find uh, the Lord's Prayer. So you can turn there if you want. Uh, Matthew 6, and it starts in uh, verse 9. How many of you grew up praying the Lord's Prayer like in church or kind of formally? <clears throat> so I think we can rattle it off with like, our Father who art in heaven, how be it, I have the kingdom come, will be done. And it's like, whoa, what am I even, we're going to slow it way down so that we can uh, really think about it. Now I'm going to draw it kind of, uh, <clears throat> and I've already started drawing it. Our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven. When we're praying, we're very... Well, let me say it this way. A.W. Tozer was a great uh, pastor uh, in the Alliance Church. He never went to seminary. He was self-taught by reading uh, Shakespeare. But he was a deep man who understood Scripture and understood God. He says, by a secret law of the soul, we move towards our picture of God. He's like, we don't move towards the real God because we actually, because of our hearts and our wishes and our desires, we tend to move towards the picture we have of God. Not even just a mental picture, but what is God like? Some people uh, I've counseled and helped, the only verse they can think of in regards to God is in Hebrews. Our God is a consuming fire. Let's worship Him with reverence and awe. What happens if that's kind of your controlling verse for coming to God? What's going to be your posture when you come to God? Scared. Scared. Don't burn me, right? You're going to come with like shielding yourself as you come to God. You're not going to come joyfully. But think of how Jesus introduces his disciples to his Father. He says, you're to pray, not, oh great majesty of the universe, here I am, your unworthy servant, please don't kill me. What is the very first thing that he says to his disciples when they're to pray to his Father? Our Father. Let's think about our for a second. What's huge about that that word? Who's included in that our? Us. Us. It shows ownership. Well, um, sharing So who owns who? <laughs> <coughs> we own God or? God owns us. Yeah, God owns us as his property? As his slaves? <laughs> as his robots? God owns us as His people, people, His kids, right? <clears throat> so all His kids are enabled to talk to Him and call Him Father. You guys are the only guys in this church that get to call me what? Dad. Dad. That's pretty awesome, right? Pretty special, right? <clears throat> all these guys feel left out, right? Because they don't get to say, our daddy... Just say, hey, what's up? Uh, or, hey, Sean. This is huge. That up till now, we're thinking, who's the only kid that can call God Father? Jesus. Jesus. He has extended that right and that grace to others. The circle of fellowship with God has just been widened 
Through who? Who's talking to him? Jesus. Yeah. Jesus is the one. What do we just say? Mediator. Mediator. He's the one that brings us to God so that we can say, Our Father. And the first thing we struggle with in, in prayer is just the selfishness of, Oh God, I need a good day. I need a good grade. I need to, don't let me get a flat tire on the way to work. You know, it's us, 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 us. And the very first thing he does in talking about prayer is, you've got a father and you've got other brothers. He immediately introduces us to community, a community who's praying to God. And I just admit, I'm a terrible prayer in quiet because I'm so kind of ADD and, you know, just thinking about stuff. I really learn to pray, and I'm really blessed in prayer when I'm with other people, because it starts to remind me, there's other people here, there's other needs here, there's God's doing stuff in other people. And, and so Jesus <coughs> didn't say, my Father in Heaven, He says, our. He already includes us, but He's a Father. Well, let's think about Heaven for a second. <coughs> What's the significance of our Father in Heaven? Is that a, a near word or a far word? Far. Far. Is the Father far from us? He's above us. Okay, he's above us. So he's far in the sense of he's far greater, he's far bigger. Isaiah says his thoughts are higher than us and his ways are higher than our ways. So he's up there in the sense of his glory, but he's actually near to us in... Jesus in Christ, yeah. In heaven. In heaven for Jewish people was the place of God's throne, which that's what that is. <clears throat> and God's rule, what does it include? What does it cover? God's rule from heaven. Everything. Not just church stuff? Yeah. I thought he was like CEO of the church. <laughs> and then all your other stuff is kind of like So he's teaching his universal, and here's our picture here. Well, I should recenter. What is that? <coughs> it's an umbrella. We grab hold of God's rule and his love for us when we grab hold of Jesus by faith, because he's the mediator. So we don't think of this God as just the absolute. Uh, dictator of the universe. He's a father and he rules all things well for his kids and all of their life. And so the, a little bit of this week and a lot of next week we're basically thinking about how do I think about everything that's under the umbrella of God's rule from heaven? How do I pray about that stuff but pray about it through Jesus? So that's the first thing. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your name be special. May your name uh, be holy. Pastor Michael talked about two weeks ago <clears throat> when it says uh, at the end of Matthew 28, I baptize you and you're to baptize them in the names of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Is that what it says? <coughs> what does it say? The name, singular, right? <clears throat> How many gods are there? One. One, okay. 
So God is one in three persons. And that's why we're talking about this in terms of Christian prayer is that we want to pray to the Father, through the Son, by the, by the Spirit. And Pastor Michael did a great job being examined uh, for ordination the other day. I was there, very proud of him. And uh, I got grilled too, but it wasn't as heavy as his uh, grilling. So he still has grill marks uh, on him. So, uh, <clears throat> so on the way up, we were uh, prepping him for all the heresies and church history and stuff on the, on the car drive. <clears throat> so here's a, just a little sidebar on, uh, on the Trinity. <clears throat> and somebody in the early church drew this, like on clay. Um, we're using whiteboard. <clears throat> so is the Father the Son? Yes. yes. No. <laughs> so the Father is not the Son. Is the Son the Holy Spirit? No, because no, what did we study? He says, I will send you another comforter like like me. So the Son is not the Holy Spirit. Is the Father the Spirit? No. But the Father is God. The Son is God. The Holy Spirit is, is God. So we talk about this name captured the, the substance of God, the, na- the uh, essence of God. It says, holy be your name. Would we honor you as you really are? Would we honor you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? And here's where the umbrella comes in. Verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How many of you pray to know God's will? Have you ever prayed that? God, I want to know your will. I want to know what you want me to do. I want you to know who to marry. I want to know what what school to go to. I want to know. I want to know. Would you tell me? Point her out to me. What? Point her out. Point her out to me. Make there be like a... Bouncing arrow over her head. Pick her. <clears throat> what kind of answer did you get? How many of you got silence? Yeah. Oh, you're like, man, what do you do with the silence when you're saying, God, I want to know what you want? No girls. Yeah. And her name will be Jezebel. Oh, wait. <clears throat> Delilah. Oh, shoot. You know, okay, I give up. (laughs) So this is something, this gets to really practical stuff. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And theologians talk about God's will in two different ways, and this is part of the confusion about, uh, and Christina's uh, uh, idea is really close to what we want to talk about, the second sense of his will. Somebody look at Deuteronomy 29.29. Somebody with a phone can get it faster than the other people. (laughs) What's that? It's a challenge. Human speed versus uh, iOS. Four speed. 
Deuteronomy 29, 29. You got it? Sure. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words in this law. Okay. <clears throat> So how should we break that down based on that verse? There's two parts of God's will. <clears throat> the part we're usually asking about is which part? The secret, the secret part, right? And who, who gets to see the secret part of God's will? Only God. Shoot. <clears throat> so here's the secret. Well, and there's a few special people in the Bible, and we're like, can I be one of those special people? Who uh, gets to kind of see behind the curtain. Uh, but here's the revealed uh, will of God, <clears throat> which is for us. It's not guarded. It's, hey, it's published. It's right here. We got it. And our own, uh, thanks to translators, guys and ladies who went to seminary, we can know God's revealed will from the original languages in our language. About what does God want? What does God love? How does God think? And so, but this, in this verse, it says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can you give us examples of what is a, something that would be secret and something that would be secret? Yeah. Uh, I think whom God has chosen in one sense we look at our friends and we're like, gosh, I've told them about Jesus. They're not getting it. Why aren't they getting it? And uh, so we're wrestling with kind of the, the mystery of God's choosing. But he's told us, tell everybody. So his revealed will about salvation is tell the ends of the earth that they can be saved through Jesus Christ. And then as we're sharing with people and they've got hard hearts, we're like, man, I've been sharing for... 10 years with this person. Why not? Why not? Why not, Lord? It says the Lord knows those who are His. So we're wrestling with, I haven't read the list. <laughs> he hasn't published uh, the Lamb's Book of Life for us to go, oh cool, he's in. I won't sweat him. You know, uh, you know that kind of, He hasn't published. Yeah. He hasn't published the list. So we have to do the revealed will, which is share with all of our friends and, and tell them about. Um, so that's kind of a tough one. Uh, that we maybe wrestle with emotionally uh, on a day-to-day uh, basis. But it says, your will be done at, on earth as it is in heaven. So up here in heaven, what's, what's going on up there? All the time, everybody obeys. For God's glory. And there was a time when angels said, I'm not listening to you. I'm not doing your will. I'm going to do my own will. There were suddenly in heaven two wills. And what happened? Some of them got got the boot, right? And it says, and we're just like these angels because at work in us is the spirit of disobedience all who are under the wrath of God, all who are uh, rebelling against God. So in heaven, everything obeys. And in fact, the universe obeys 
for God's glory. So what are we praying when we pray this? Are we praying, God make everybody else obey so my life is easier. He said, Our Father, what should we be thinking when we are saying your will be done on earth as in heaven? Whose life should we be thinking about? Make all those jerks stop being jerks. We're actually praying, God, would I be like one of those people who see you and know you and obey you gladly without any questions, without any talking back, without any doubts? Would I do your will here as it is up there? Because as Jesus is the mediator and brings us to the Father, he brings us on as apprentices to him. And who does Jesus apprentice to? Jesus. Yeah, Jesus apprentices to his Father. He says, I don't do anything that I don't see the Father doing. He shadows the Father and does what the Father does. The redeeming God brings redemption through Jesus. And when we are attached to Jesus by faith, we are seeing redemption happen, transformation happen in our lives. And we can pray that for all of history too, that that we want history and we want governments and we want cities and we want people and we want families to obey God and follow Him. So down here reflects up there where everything runs according uh, to God's will. And so that's really a kingdom vision instead of just a kingdom of me vision. I need stuff. I don't want pain. You know, all the things that we, just the first things that we think about uh, so often as we, uh, as we pray. And only now does he talk about needs. priorities here. How should we number these in the order of how we normally pray about these things? <clears throat> Why did Jesus put it third? Maybe that's a way to ask. The fact that he put bread third, what does that say about real needs versus felt needs where do we put felt needs what number do we assign number one I'm hungry (laughs) I'm lonely I'm frustrated Uh, I need help are those things true yeah they're true but they need to be couched under this umbrella they tend to stand out because our tummies are screaming, you know, our hormones are screaming, our, our bank account uh, negative balance is screaming. Um, so that has our attention. So he's lifted our attention. First of all, actually, the relationship. You have a father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. God be glorified. Rule over everything. 
And that everything includes little old me. So you do matter, you do belong, you do fit in. But guess what? You aren't here. <laughs> so this is the daily struggle. Theology 101. There is a God, and you're not Him. So uh, th- this is what Jesus is saying is, watch the replacement uh, problem. We keep creeping up here. My will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So one of the things Jesus was teaching them is your needs are screaming, but God's glory, I want that to be louder for you when you pray. And I'm, you know, you can just close your ears. I'm preaching to myself. I want God's glory to be louder in my life. And this morning I was a little stressed out. PowerPoint wasn't working right. Didn't get enough sleep. Uh, All this kind of stuff. I was like, you know. The earth is still spinning. God is still good, even if I can't get a yellow font to work on PowerPoint. But my reaction to my needs shows me who's God to me, who's big to me. And Jesus wanted his disciples to know that God is big, and as one of my kids said, God's heart is big towards us. He's our Father in heaven. And so he knows we need all these things. Because actually it's actually down uh, down here in 6. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of micro-faith, and if we're honest, of nano-faith. Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these these things. He's basically saying, orphans think like that. They're digging in trash cans looking for food, because they don't belong and they don't have what they need. He's like, the Gentiles freak out about that stuff. But he says in verse 32, And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. And a lot of you know this verse, you've sung it. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And all these things will be added to you. God, Jesus just reordered our universe for us. Because we needed rearranging. We needed realignment of our priorities and of our thoughts. And more than anything, we need a Father. Because we think we're orphans. We eat out of trash cans. Um, There's a little book that we read to the kids. Are you my mother? This little duck gets lost. He goes to a cow. Are you my mother? He goes to this uh, dog. Are you my mother? Uh, goes to all these animals. Are you my mother? 
And basically, Jesus is revealing our heart that we say to all these things, all these other experiences, are you my Father? Are you going to keep me alive? Are you the most glorious thing? We're going shopping. And Jesus says, pray, our Father, He's yours. Take Him. I've revealed Him to you. Believe Him. When we start to see that, our prayers will begin to change. We might even pray more just out of worship because we see how good how good He is. And let's just end with, with prayer. <clears throat> Father in Heaven, we want to see how good You are. And we want to look at You more carefully and more closely in this next hour as we worship You, as we see Your goodness in Jesus to uh, leave a place where everyone obeyed and where everything was clean, where everything was beautiful and radiated Your glory. And He moved to a place that we had turned into a dump. That we, having lived for our own glory, lived for our own needs, we made it a kingdom of selfishness and we wrecked the world. And that required sending your son to remake it and to restore the garden so that we could walk in it with you. And so thanks for reintroducing us to uh, the primacy of fellowship in our praying over our needs and the primacy of the kingdom that uh, you would be, be ruling things in the world so that things are right again and that you start with us that you make our heart right with you you make our thoughts about ourselves right you make the way that we deal with others right by your grace uh, do all this for the glory of jesus do all this by the power and help and comfort of the holy spirit and uh, and do it all for your glory father we ask in jesus name amen <clears throat>